So I don't know if you guys know this, but I am in a Sportsnet challenge with a bunch of other Podcast One hosts trying to make picks on the games through betonline.ag. And last week's winner was Rob Sesterino. He picked all five games right. He's the guy. He's got his host. His show is Rob has a podcast, multi-time Survivor contestant. Yeah, I can't be having guys like this beat me. I, I cannot be doing that. Listeners can now really get behind me or anybody else. BetOnline.ag has odds on each of us. Podcast1Sportsnet.com. Click Bet Check Lines. And you can find the odds for each talent to win the challenge, including me. So you can bet on your boy to win. Hopefully I do. I should beat these other people. Use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. That's PODCAST1 to get a 50% sign-up bonus BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code PODCAST1 to get that 50% sign-up bonus today. It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, part two, the show that's so nice, we do it twice because, well, Evan is so thorough that if it was just one show, it'd be like almost two hours. No, it's probably like an hour 45, but hour and a half, whatever. So we split it up into two. We don't want your your app to go crazy, so we release one Wednesday as soon as it's done. The other one Thursday or Thursday morning, just after midnight, Wednesday night, just after midnight, whatever. Either way, we're presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use the promo code Podcast One to receive a fifty percent sign up bonus today. Evan, here we go, baby. Episode one was yesterday. Today we got the late games, the Sunday nighter, and the Monday nighter. All right, Evan, let's start with the Battle of Los Angeles. Chargers lit up the Bills last week. Had a guy retire at halftime. They were getting beat so bad. The Rams had it rolling against the Arizona Cardinals. What do you like in this matchup? Uh, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Always like Todd Gurley. <laughs> Home favorite. Gets the ball a lot. You know, facing a defense, missing Joey Bosa and Corey Legit. Uh, you know, y- yes, please. Uh, Rams have scored 30 or more points in 10 of 18 games under Sean McVay. They're just, they're a machine. Um, Jared Goff, I, I have him in one of my uh, high stakes leagues and I, I'm, you know, I would prefer to kind of not start him here. Uh, but we are going to. Uh, just, I don't, well, it's tougher to get, you know, great streamers off the waiver wire in these leagues where, you know, they're 20 man rosters. Um, but he's on that, he's on that fringe, you know, the, as a fringe starter. Jared Goff has been the quarterback 16, the quarterback 13 through two weeks. 
none of the passing game matchups stand out. This is really what bothers me the most for about Jared Goff is that none of the passing game matchups stand out for on the Rams side. Uh, the exception might be Brandon Cooks uh, because Tyreek Hill, as a fellow speedster, the Chargers have not been able to stop him in each of the last three meeting, meetings. Seven for 169 and two touchdowns, five for 88 and a touchdown, five for 77 and a touchdown. Now, those are Tyreek Hill's last three lines against the Chargers. Brandon Cooks can do similar things, and you know there were concerns entering the season that Brandon Cooks might be used like Sammy Watkins in a decoy role. That has not happened, uh, not even close. Uh, he has um, he's averaging nine targets per game, over a hundred uh, air yards per game. Sammy Watkins was about half of that uh, last year. So, you know, Sammy Watkins was not the first read. Brandon Cooks is the first read uh, frequently for Jared Goff. Uh, Robert Woods, I think, and, and uh, Cooper Cup are still okay. Wide receiver three slash flex plays. Um, it's going to be Cooper Cup against Desmond King, who, you know, sophomore uh, out of Iowa, he has been excellent in the slot. Um, the good news for Cooper Cup is that he, and he was a monster in terms of red zone usage, Last year, he is already third in the NFL in red zone targets, and he's tied to the league lead in targets inside the tent. So he's, he gives you a decent chance at a touchdown. He's not going to have big plays in this game in all likelihood. Uh, Robert Woods leads the team in targets and air yards. Uh, so the opportunity is there. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, opportunity is the most important thing in fantasy. We could talk about these matchups all we want. You know, they're fun to break down. They definitely are our tiebreakers uh, either way. But when a guy is getting opportunity, that's the most important thing. We see it all the time. Guys have good games and, you know, games that are, you know, where they were not supposed to have a good matchup. It happens all the friggin' time. Um, and so we want to be betting on the opportunity. Uh, Robert Woods is getting that to a greater extent than any player on the Rams. Um, for the Chargers, it's a really tough matchup for, for Phillip Rivers. I mean, Phillip, the Rams were awesome all last year against the pass. Wade Phillips uh, emphasizes uh, pass defense over run defense. You know, he did that in Denver. He does that in L.A. Uh, Derek Carr was the quarterback 27 fantasy in week one against the Rams last week. Tim Bradford was the quarterback 32. Phillip Rivers obviously better than those guys. Okay. And I, I don't, I think he's going to finish way better than those guys, you know, maybe in the six, the 15 to 18 range. But I, I don't think that he's like a, a super confident fantasy play uh, because of the matchup. Uh, there are a couple of advantages though um, to, to note the first is Keenan Allen at 62206 matches up in the slot with Nikel Roby Coleman 57169. Now Nikel Roby Coleman is small, you know, and he's always been small. He has, and he's been one of the better slot corners in the league. Uh, but I think that this is a matchup that really suits uh Keenan Allen or at least it benefits Keenan Allen. Uh and this year so far Nikel Roby Coleman off to kind of a slow start. He's been targeted 11 times, given up nine completions. And I think if the ball will funnel in 
Keenan Allen's direction because I think that Mike and Tyrell Williams on the outside are going to have a tough time against Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. Uh, Melvin Gordon is the other advantage that the Chargers uh, can have. Uh, the Rams have uh, already given up the fifth most receptions to running backs. Now, a lot of that is simply because they've been playing from ahead, forcing teams to throw the ball. And, you know, it's been Derek Carr, you know, checking down a bunch of times with Jalen Rashard, and that will spike your receptions allowed. But, hey, that could happen here, too. I mean, you know, the Rams are really freaking good. They can jump out to a lead. They're at home. They could put the Chargers in position to have to throw the ball more and uh, to check the ball down. And they have made a great emphasis on getting the ball to Melvin Gordon in the passing game. Um, he's kind of a boomer bust runner, uh, but he's really good. And uh, as a receiver, my, my theory is that, you know, he, you go back to Wisconsin. He was a guy that played one of the, behind one of the best offensive lines in college football. I mean, four of those five offensive linemen, I think, that he ran behind uh, are in the NFL in some capacity, you know, either practice squad, starters, all pros. He all, he had time to read uh, behind that blocking. And, you know, behind the Chargers blocking, he hasn't had time to read. And when you get the ball in, to him in space in the receiving game, he has more time to read. And I think that he's, you know, he's really, really good, I think, as a receiver. And they've really emphasized that. Number four among running backs and targets and catches through two weeks. I expect that to keep up. Austin Eckler, 10 and 14 touches through two weeks. He is in the mix as a PPR flex play. I expect him to be there uh, in, you know, be in that discussion each and every week. We can move on to the next one. Let's get to Chicago Bears. At Arizona Cardinals, I, yeah, I don't know about either one of these teams offensively, Evan. I definitely don't know about Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, uh, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, I, I'm I'd be concerned about him. I mean, we, we've got 14 starts now, you know, and with but we also have to keep in context because he's learning a new offense. He is. You know, surrounded by all new guys. Matt Nagy's trying to do things to make him comfortable. The, the best of which I think is moving Allen Robinson into the slot, uh, to get him more comfortable matchups. We knew, and we, uh, Warren Sharp wrote about, wrote about this in his book. Um, Mitchell Trubisky much better, uh, throwing the ball over the middle than, uh, to the perimeter. And that was the case for him at UNC as well. Uh, and so moving Allen Robinson in the slot, that is going to make, um, that is going to make Allen Robinson a much more confident fantasy play. Uh, and it's really hurting Trey Bird. Uh, really, really hurting Trey Bird. Um, so I don't think we can use Trey Burton for now. I know he caught the shovel pass touchdown, but he's not getting the ball enough. And, you know, they, they are essentially using Allen Robinson in the role that you know, we anticipated Trey Burton to play. So I think that the only member of the passing game we can use here is Allen Robinson. Mitchell Trubisky, low-end, two-quarterback league play. Uh, Jordan Howard, he's, he's he should be fine. He did not have a lot of rushing success. I expected him to have more against the Seattle defense. Missing, um, what's the name, Bobby Wagner and, 
KJ Wright and, you know, a bunch of other guys. Um, but, you know, I think that he can have more rushing success against the Cardinals. Cardinals have, they got stomped by Adrian Peterson and then they got stomped by, uh, Todd Gurley. So it's, it's definitely a good matchup. They're just really bad team. Cardinals are right there with the Bills. I mean, these are, you know, these are the worst two teams in the NFL. I, I don't think that the Giants are quite as bad as, as, as these teams, even though, uh, a lot of people have considered them in that same range. On the other side, you know, it's, I mean, this, this Bears defense is legit. They have a ton of talent. Uh, they were already underrated. They were like a top 12 unit. And then they got Khalil Mack. And that, you know, spikes them to like a top six unit, baby. Uh, so, and uh, there have been some rumblings that we might see Josh Rosen in this game, but the Bears defense is a really, really strong play. And pretty much no one on the Cardinals is. David Johnson, look, you know, based on his usage, based on the, the construction of the offense, based on how they can't even maintain drives. They've run 94 plays through two games on offense. That's pathetic. I mean, the, the fewest that any team ran per, on a per game basis last year was, uh, in, uh, the low sixties or the high fifties. And they're averaging 47 plays per game offensively. That they're, you know, I think Mike McCoy might get fired in season for the second straight year. That that like that is on the table right now. Um, if they don't pick it up, and I don't think they're going to pick it up against the Bears. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald bowed out of last week's game with an, an injury. Uh, he's a total misfit on this team that's going nowhere. Love Larry Fitzgerald, but uh, we'll, we'll keep tabs on his health. Uh, David Johnson, low end RB2 slash flex play. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that's the truth. Ricky Seals Jones has done nothing. Um, we can move on to the next one. Next one is the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Cowboys, I thought the offensive line at least played a little bit better Sunday night for sure. Um, yep. they still didn't put up that many points, but the O line played better and the Seahawks, you know, Seahawks and Giants offensive lines, they, they look really poorly coached as much as anything else. Like, I, I wasn't a good player. I'm okay with guys getting beat. But when you're not blocking the right guys or blocking the right way, like, yeah. I mean, Jermaine Effetti, his sets on Khalil Mack were making me sick. I mean, he was giving him a 12-yard running head start and setting up shop a yard away from Russell Wilson. Like, what do you think's going to happen when you do that? Anyway, there you go. Yeah, like you're essentially sacking your own quarterback, right? You're not giving yourself a chance. It's brutal. It's it's they come across very poorly coached. The Seahawks and Giants offensive lines, based on the primetime games, for sure. <sighs> um, the Cowboys' defense, I think, is really underrated. Um, and they did not have Randy Gregory last week. They should get him back this week. Uh, I think they'll get him back. Um, they also are going to be getting back David Irving in a couple of weeks. I mean, this this defense has a chance to be real good. I think it's already pretty intimidating. Byron Jones, who they move from safety to cornerback, he's been lights out. Uh, and uh, the other cornerbacks are good, too. I mean, Anthony Brown in the slot. You know, there, there's no really great place to attack this defense. And what you're going to be leaning on here, Russell Wilson does have big home road splits. Uh, Seahawks have played a lot better 
when they're at home. And look, they haven't been at home yet. You know, they were at Denver and they were at Chicago. And those are not easy places to play. So let's, you know, keep, keep some, some proper context, not get too worked up about what we've seen. It's been ugly. No question. Russell Wilson was good in fantasy in week one. He was not good last week. Um, but I do think that he can, he can bounce back to, to some extent. I'm not benching him, him in season long leagues. The, the, the concern is real, but I'm not benching him in season long leagues. Tyler Lockett, we, we saw what we wanted to see from him, uh, in terms of usage in week, uh, one. Uh, and I, I would keep rolling him out there. I mean, he's got big playability. He had a ton of air yards in the game too. Uh, they missed on some, uh, deep connections. Uh, but you like to see them taking those shots with him. Um, most air yards on the team, 171, uh, already has two touchdowns. Uh, so I think Tyler Lockett is an every week fantasy starter. Brandon Marshall, uh, he's just going to need red zone touchdowns, you know. Will Disley remained involved last week. Uh, his playing time went up too. He went from 58% in week one to 71% last week. Uh, 33 pass routes last week to 20 in week one. So, uh, and only six tight ends have more air yards than, than Will Disley, who was supposed to be a blocker coming out of college, former defensive lineman. Duke can catch the ball and Russ is looking for him. That, that's all we need. Uh, so he is definitely in the mix as a fantasy starter, as as strange as that may sound. Um, but you know that's that, that's kind of for real. Um, running back, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, Chris Carson, Pete Carroll said something about he got uh, they benched him because he ran out of gas on special teams. He only played two snaps on special teams. I just don't. I'm throwing up my hands here with with the back with the backfield. You know, these guys are bench material until we get some clarity. Rashad Penny, CJ Procise, Chris Carson. Mike Davis had four touches last week. Uh, th- th- this is a, a real issue here. I mean, these guys are not fantasy starters. On the other side, you know, I- I'm not sure if we're going to get KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner back. That will have a big difference on the matchup, but Zeke- Zeke's going to get the ball a ton. Uh, he's not gaining any yards on his catches, but he does have nine catches through two games. I like to see that. Um, the the receiver core is just a total, total mess. Can't use anyone there. Uh, and they added Bryce Butler. So just, you know, makes it even less clear. Uh, Tavon Austin did have the long touchdown bomb early in the game last week. That's not something that you can really chase. Um Dak Prescott, yeah, not 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 a fantasy starter anymore, unfortunately. Uh, we can move on to the next one. Next one, the New England Patriots, Detroit Lions, Sunday night, Patricia versus Belichick. And it seemed like the Lions are, are much better off when they just go to, like, two-minute mode and spread it out and just let Stafford do his thing. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they are playing this Patriots defense that could be significantly shorthanded. Uh, pa- pa- Patriots lost their left defensive end, really underrated player Trey Flowers, to a concussion last week. Uh, and Pat Chung also left with a concussion. So I'm not sure if those guys are going to be uh, playing. T- pa- Patriots, you know, they maybe it was, it was probably a flash in the pan, but 
They had a great week one in terms of rushing the passer against the Texans. And then last week, they got no pressure at all on Blake Bortles. I mean, I think it was, what, zero sacks and maybe two hits. Uh, you know, that's that's a squeaky clean pocket, and that bodes well for Matthew Stafford. I think this game has shootout potential. I'm not sure if Josh Gordon is going to play. I think that, you know, I think that the the real reason or the may, one of the main reasons that they were willing to take a flyer on Josh Gordon is because they need someone to help Gronk. I mean, Jaguars defenders were all over Gronk last week. He had no, really no room to run. You just need another presence on the outside that is going to command attention. I, you know, people are, have really high expectations and fantasy for Josh Gordon. I, I'm sure that he's going to have a few decent games. You know, it's, it really is one of his best case scenario landing spots, but you have to understand that when Josh Gordon was having his monster, uh, seasons, you know, a half decade ago, he was getting like 14 targets in a game. That's not happening in New England. You know, a good week for him would be like seven targets. So, you know, and, and that might even be a pipe dream for him to, to even reach that. It's going to be very, very touch and go and day to day with him, you know, and he's going to have to, you know, get in shape and, you know, all, all these other different things. Um, you know, and it's just, it, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm hanging on to him. Uh, I'm not starting him this week. But I think that he can really help Gronk if everything goes right. And I don't know if the Lions have anything, have any, you know, way of stopping Gronk. Uh, Darius Slay, I'm not sure he's going to play in this game. He suffered, I believe, a concussion last week. Theoretic had ankle problems last week. Um, LeGarrette Blunt got ejected. Um, after he got hurt in week one, I, I just, I wish that the Lions would commit to carry on Johnson, but it's just hopeful, wishful thinking. Hoping and, and wishing is not really like a plan. And carry on Johnson is unfortunately, uh, fantasy bench material, unless we get a situation where LeGarrette Blunt and Theoretic are not playing. Um, Chris Hogan came alive last week. Had a really tough matchup week one against Aaron Colvin in the slot, uh, but he got it going. Last week, couple of touchdowns, over 40 yards. He's going to be in the slot here against the Lions, who have been using Jamal Agnew, uh, really a kickoff return guy in the slot. And at number two cornerback, uh, they benched Nevin Lawson last week and then teased Tabor, who they started in place of him. He was so bad that they benched him. And they might be without Darius Slay. So... It's, again, fire the, the cannons on Chris Hogan uh, once again. Um, in the backfield, Sony Michelle returned, played, what, like 14 snaps. They gave the ball to him a lot, you know, on those snaps at a high volume uh, rate. But, uh, you know, he, he hurt uh, Rex Burkhead. And that is – all these guys are, like, f- just flex options right now going up against the Lions. The matchup is really good, but – um, it's a three-way backfield, and um, you know these guys are—they're just dicey flex options uh, until further notice. Um, on the other side, the Lions see Kenny Galladay is awesome, and um, you know we really liked him last year, uh, and he showed big playability, but he was banged up. 
I, he is going to be a, a fantasy starter every single week. He's playing just as many snaps and, and running as many routes as Golden Tate. Actually, got ran more routes than Golden Tate last week. He is an every week wide receiver two slash three. Marvin Jones came alive after a 54 yard opener uh, in week two. Um, Marvin Jones getting a ton of work in the red zone leads the NFL in end zone targets with five. Uh, so that is the guy that Matthew Stafford looks for when they are in scoring position. That was the case last year as well. Um, Golden Tate in the slot uh, against the Patriots. He should have a, a pretty high-volume game. They're not getting anything from their tight ends. So uh, these receivers, are they're like target shares are locked in, and you always like to see that. You want your guys in high-scoring you know, potential affairs, and this is what this game sets up as – Inside the dome, neither of the defenses is particularly strong. Neither can rush the passer, um, although the Lions did last week. But I think a lot of that was on uh, the, the right side of the 49ers offensive line. Jimmy Garoppolo kind of just holding the ball too long. Um, but I, I don't really have respect for either of these teams' pass rushes at, at this point. I think it can, it can shoot out. We can move on to the next one. Well, before we do that, though, I want to make sure everyone – moves on to Dollar Shave Club if they haven't already. I don't know what you guys have been doing, but if you're not using Dollar Shave Club, you're missing out. You guys already know about them sending you the razors, whatever. They've got some awesome products, too. Shower stuff, hair styling products, toothbrushes, toothpaste, of course, the razors, shave supplies. I love it. I'm a big fan of the shave butter. In fact, I was giving out on the Raw Sucker Football Podcast shave butter to 10 of you that rated and reviewed the show. And right now, you can get ready with an amazing deal on any one of their starter sets. I recommend the Daily Essentials starter set because you got to love Amber Lavender Body Cleanser. But you can't go wrong with any of them. Head over to DollarShaveClub.com slash feast to pick your own Dollar Shave Club starter set for just $5. After your starter set, products ship at regular price. And make sure you check out their new video, too. That's DollarShaveClub.com slash feast. DollarShaveClub.com slash feast. Evan, you get to feast on the Monday nighter. It's the dysfunctional Steelers at this point against my guy, Ryan Fitzmagic Fitzpatrick, who has been unreal. I mean, the last game, I think he was 27 to 302, 400 some yards and four touchdowns. Yet Mike Evans had a blatant bad drop and OJ Howard bobbled a ball into an interception. His numbers really should have been 29 of 32 for like 450. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I doubted him last week. <laughs> that, that did not go well. Um, and the Steelers' defense is trash. I mean, that's the problem with the team right now. It's nothing else. Well, except for maybe, like, potential locker room issues, that, which I'm not exactly sure what, what's going on with that. But, um, yeah, there's definitely some dysfunction, as you mentioned, going on there behind the scenes. Uh, but their defense is terrible. You know, they, they lost, they, it hasn't been good since they lost Ryan Chazier. Um, Joe Hayden was out last week. I, 
not sure he's going to be back. Artie Burns got hurt during the game. Um, so, there, you know, I, I think we got to keep rolling with Ryan Fitzpatrick and, you know, I, I wish that I would have stayed on him last week. Um, but, you know, I think that this is a much better matchup, uh, for the Buccaneers. Just every reason to, and, you know, they kind of check every box. You know, one of the things I like to do when I'm looking at quarterback outlooks is, do I think that the pass catchers are in good position to produce? Mike Evans, yes. Deshaun Jackson, yes. You know, OJ Howard, yeah. Um, Chris Godwin, why not? I mean, he, he's already got two touchdowns through two games. So we're still rolling with Ryan Fitzpatrick and they can't run the ball. They cannot run the ball. I mean, Peyton Barber is at, what, like 2.5 yards per carry. Uh, they might need to stretch out Ronald Jones, pull him off the inactives list, and start playing him uh, because they're not getting anything from Peyton Barber. And Look, the offensive line has not helped them, okay? But they need to figure out a way to generate some rushing production. But until they do, they're going to continue to lean on this passing game, this high-flying passing game. I loved last week, first play of the game, play action, bomb, Deshaun Jackson, get him matched up with, uh, I believe it was Jalen Mills, touchdown. That was awesome. I love, one thing that, uh, and I was talking to Warren Sharp about this uh, probably the other day, one thing that the Bucks are doing is they are throwing the ball a lot on first down. Um, and that, you know, they're, they're like throwing the ball against teams' base defenses. Uh, and that's when defenses are not as prepared to defend the pass. And a lot of coaches, you know, they run the ball on first down. You see, like, Todd Haley in Cleveland, you know, they're handing the ball off on, like, you know, nine of their 11 first downs. And that's not an efficient play based on your opponent. Um, and the Bucks are like, you know, screw that. First of all, we kind of stink running the ball. But second of all, like, let's throw the ball against their base defense, and they're having a lot of success doing that. I really like uh, the, the play caller, Todd Monken, and the whole construct of the offense. I mean, Jason Light has made mistakes. You know, he, he drafted Robert Aguayo, or, you know, he traded up for Roberto Aguayo. He's not been perfect, but, man, he has put together a very explosive passing game, and Cameron Brait hasn't even been involved. Um, you know, like if they lose a guy, they can just stick another guy in. Um, on the other side, you know, a lot has been made over the years of Ben Roethlisberger's struggles on the road. However, uh, one thing that uh, my colleague at Roto or Rich Rebar has noted that is that while that is true, it's almost all restricted to 1 p.m. Eastern time games, and when Ben Roethlisberger is, uh, plays like later in the day or, um, you know, obviously in a, in a night in a primetime game like this, or he plays in a dome on the road. He's been great. You know, his, his production has not fallen off. So, uh, we may get some of the, the home road narrative stuff this week, but just keep that in mind. Uh, Roethlisberger can have a big game. They just need to just feed Antonio Brown, you know, and they need to win a game. Uh, where they 0-1-1, uh, they just need to get a win. 
And, you know, winning is really the, almost always the cure for everything. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that AB gets fed here. James Conner, uh, continues to get a big workload. He was not as effective last week. Big part of that was just they were fall, they fell behind. Uh, and he did wind up catching a bunch of passes and he scored a touchdown. He's going to be good in fantasy again. Um, but you have to understand how much game flow can affect a running back's output when you're falling behind um, early in the game. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense is not good, man. I mean, we, we can definitely attack this defense. Juju has been, has really shown up though. I mean, if there's anybody, if there's been a bright spot for the Steelers consistently in the first two games, it's been Juju. And Nelson Aguilar, the Eagle slot receiver, dominated the, the Buck slot coverage unsurprisingly last week. And Juju can do the same. And Juju's playing a bunch in the slot. James Washington, uh, moved into that third receiver role. Uh, as we kind of discussed what happened last week, scored a touchdown. Probably not going to get, you know, big volume, but, um, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy that is worth putting on the end of your bench and, you know, using in one of these, uh, single game DFS slates. Um, Jesse James has been super productive in the first two games. Uh, you know, you, you watch his targets. They have been primarily coming off of extended plays made by Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, and they're going to eventually work Vance McDonald into the mix. Vance McDonald did come back last week. I, I just don't feel comfortable trusting Jesse James. I've tried to do it in the past. They like to use him as a blocker. And... You know, I think that they envision that being his primary role, not being this receiving threat he's kind of been in the first two weeks. I mean, I can't, you know, knock anybody for trying to stream him against the Buccaneers. You know, it's a very, very good matchup, and he has been getting usage. Uh, but I just, I, I don't, I worry about Jesse James staying power, and that that wraps up the show. Terrific stuff, Evan. As always, absolutely love. Getting your knowledge dropped. I love your knowledge. I gotta tell you, but I also love all the info they have at profootballfocus.com. These guys, they have an army of dudes, an army of guys that track every player on every play and give him a grade. So you can go beyond the stats and really see how your fantasy dudes are playing. They'll help you optimize your draft picks, your waiver wire targets, help you set your daily fantasy lineup. If you're a high-stakes dude, they got a premium stats database and green line game picks with PFF Elite. Either way, join PFF Fantasy today and prepare to win. Sign up at ProFootballFocus.com. Use that promo code POD20 to save 20% on all subscription plans. You gotta get to all of their different fantasy packages. Very, very cool. Almost as cool as being able to do this show with you, Evan, each and every week. And almost as cool as those of you that actually spread the word about what we're doing by retweeting it when Evan posted on Twitter at Evan Silva or me at Ross Tucker NFL or our producer Brian at RTF Podcast. Those retweets are big. The Facebook likes, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Those are big. And rating and reviewing the show, which take, I mean, all of this stuff 
takes like two seconds. And it's much, much appreciated. And I'm glad that a bunch of you guys do it. I'd like for more of you to do it. Thank you. Please, thank you. Please, please, thank you. We're done here. I'm stuffed. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.